0: live from the North Fulton Business Radio X Studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice, which brings the care back to healthcare. Hello, and thank you for joining us for episode 45 of To Your Health with, well, with me, Dr. Jim Morrow. I am Dr. Jim Morrow. I'm with Morrow Family Medicine and coming in Milton, Georgia. We're happy that you decided to join us today for, as I mentioned, our 45th episode. And we're doing a pretty timely talk today about vaccine candidates for COVID-19. We're going to talk about the news that came out in the last week or 10 days about some vaccines and give you what I think is some promising information about the next 9 to 12 months With this pandemic. Uh, I am here. I'm actually in my home studio, which is uh, a very generous use of the word. Uh, And I'm joined by my producer, John Ray, once again. John, how are you?
1: I'm great. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving.
0: Had a very nice Thanksgiving, a little bit low key, but hopefully that's the way most people were and we won't have too many COVID-19 cases coming out of the holiday. But uh, I see you're all decked out again. You look like you're about to go snow skiing or something. What's up
1: with that? I'm old. Expect-
0: <laughs> I'm old. Yeah. Well, <laughs> nobody understands that like I do. I yeah. can promise. Well, so I, I'm going to get. I right got a question.
1: It. Can I ask you a question oh. before we get started? Because I think our listeners yes. might want to know this. I mean, you say you're in all your right. studio and you got like two electric guitars hanging up, and I don't think your a lot of your patients know what a musician you are
0: i used to be okay. uh i am in what is currently my music rooms in the basement of our place in Burridge, and uh, i'm fortunate enough to be surrounded by some guitars that mean an awful lot to me uh guitars that my dad actually got me growing up and through the years for the most part the vast majority of them um, um i'm blessed to have these i'm sitting at my piano because we removed the table that I would be sitting at down here in order to do some changes. So I'm sitting here amongst a bunch of musical equipment, and not about to play any of it.
1: So folks, if you want to hear Dr. Morrow play the guitar on to your health, please write us, uh, to your health MD on Facebook, send it in and I'm going to lead the charge and we'll, we'll try to get some musical, um, Renditions. You
0: can write till the cows come home, and you're not likely to hear <laughs> it. Right. Okay. But what you can hear is information about the vaccine candidates for COVID-19. because so I'm going to push right on to that. Now you'll notice I'm calling them vaccine candidates, and that's what all of these are until they actually get approved and are available to the public. And then they're vaccines. But these vaccine candidates are a very important part of this, and they are what is going to get us out of this mess that we find ourselves in. So. In order to understand anything about vaccine candidates or vaccines, you have to understand how vaccines work. So when you get sick, what happens is the germs, be they bacteria, viruses, fungi, whatever they might be, they invade the body and they attack and then they multiply. Now in the case of the coronavirus and other viruses, it's really kind of frightful the way it happens. The virus gets into your cell and turns your cell into a virus factory. And that cell starts to reproduce or produce virus particles that are then released out into your own system. So the virus has no real capability of doing anything to you until it gets into that cell and your cell starts making millions and millions of viral particles. And that invasion, that infection, uh, is what causes illness. And the immune system uses several different tools to fight these kinds of infections. Your blood contains red blood cells that carry oxygen to tissues and organs, but they also contain It also contains white blood cells or immune cells that are important in fighting infection. There are a few different types of these. You've got your your macrophages, your B lymphocytes, and T lymphocytes. And if you listen to anything about the pandemic, about infection itself, you'll hear about B cells and T cells and that kind of thing. So the B cells are defensive white blood cells. They produce antibodies that attack the antigens are the the invasive particles that are left behind after the macrophages do their thing, which is basically to tear them up and leave them in pieces. The T cells then come along, and they're another defensive type of white blood cell. They attack cells in the body that have already been infected. So you can imagine if you've got a lot of cells that're infected and you have a lot of T cells, that when they start attacking those cells that are infected, then you can end up with quite a problem because that's a lot of your own body, your own organ cells being attacked by your own immune system, and that's exactly the problem that we run into with the coronavirus. So the first time that your body encounters a specific germ or virus, in this case, it can take several days to make and to start using all these germ fighting tools that it takes to get over the infection. That's where you get in trouble with an initial coronavirus infection. It takes a good little period of time for that to start happening. And after the infection, your immune system then remembers what it learned about how to protect it in the previous infection. And that's why you don't see people getting uh, COVID-19 repeatedly for the most part, because their immune system is good enough to see it the second time and say, hey, I know you. I can make that antibody real quick and take care of you. And they do. The body keeps some of the T cells, the T lymphocytes, these memory cells, they call them, and they can go into action very quickly when you get that infection a second time. So currently in the United States, there is not yet an authorized or approved vaccine to prevent COVID-19. Back when this started, the government, through a, a process called Operation Warp Speed, started working to help make, make vaccines more available as quickly as possible. Now. If you don't know anything about vaccines, it's not uncommon for a vaccine to take 10 years to be produced. It's not at all uncommon. And there are some viruses that we've been trying to make vaccines against. Respiratory and virus is the main one I can think of for 20 or more years. And we still haven't been able to make a vaccine to it. HIV, we can't. We don't have a vaccine for HIV. And it came around in the late 80s, I guess it was, mid 80s. and And still no vaccine for that. But Operation Warp Speed has helped this process by guaranteeing that these pharmaceutical companies would not go broke trying to do this. And with the possibility of one or more vaccines becoming available before the end of the year, here's some of the things you need to know about where those plans currently stand. Number one, the safety of these COVID-19 vaccines is the top priority. It's important that it works. But it's much more important that if you get this vaccine, you don't grow a tail. It's very important these things are safe. And I don't think anybody would ever argue that. It's the one thing that patients talk to me about. They're concerned about that. They're less concerned about it working. They're more concerned about it being safe. And I totally get that. And that's the way it should be. Many of these vaccines are being developed and tested, but some might be ready before others. You can count on that. And so the CDC is planning for many different possibilities in that regard. When they first become available, they'll almost certainly be available under what's called an EUA. That's an Emergency Youth Authorization. And they've had that come into play for some medications and things. Um, And as far as treating this, but nothing terribly good yet, unfortunately. And there's probably going to be a limited supply of COVID-19 vaccines available early on. Now, you've heard many times over that we'd have a vaccine in 2020. And if we do, it's going to be at Christmas. Uh and I hope we do. But it's not gonna be for many people because there are not gonna be that many doses available. And under an EUA, everybody on the planet can't get it. It's gonna go to high risk people, people at the front line, people healthcare workers, people who are elderly, people who are more at risk. You're not gonna find Joe Normal at age thirty two with no pre existing conditions getting a vaccine under an EUA, I don't think. The goal is for everyone to be able to get a COVID-19 vaccine as soon as large quantities are available. I believe that you're looking at probably summer, June-ish of next year before you can really see large numbers of people getting it. I think that's probably going to be the case. And the plan is to have several thousand vaccination providers, whether they're doctors' offices, retail pharmacies, hospitals, and federally qualified health centers. I think those are the places you're going to find most of these vaccines being available. If there's limited supply, some groups may be recommended to get the vaccine first, like I mentioned. And what you're also going to find is this vaccine is not going to be recommended for children. There've been no tests done, no clinical trials done on uh, children, pregnant individuals. It's all been non-pregnant adults, and so we don't know yet what the uh, availability might be in the future when for of children's vaccine. Luckily, cost will not be an obstacle to getting vaccinated. Vaccine doses purchased with US taxpayer dollars will be given to the American people at no cost. That's right out of the CDC website. But vaccine providers will be able to charge an administration fee for giving or administering the shot to someone. I mean, they got to pay for the syringe. They got to pay for the people. They got to pay for all the things it takes to get that done. But the vaccine, the large part of the cost, will not be a cost to the individual American. You people have listened to me for now what is 45 episodes, and I really can't tell you what it means when I I hear from someone either in the exam room or via email or any other way that they have been listening and that it's it's meant something to them. I got an email just the other day from a, a pretty long-time patient talking about how it had really been an important thing for her and her family to listen to some of these podcasts and that it really meant something to them and had helped them in a meaningful way. And I really appreciate that. At Mara Family Medicine, we're doing everything we can, as we like to say, to bring care back to health care. We like to think that we're doing a good job with that. Uh, It's important to us that you feel that way. And over the years, you have let us know that you do, and we appreciate that very, very much. We are still seeing sick patients in our Milton office and well patients in our coming office. That has worked extremely well. We are still doing the wait in your car until we text you or call you to come in. uh, So you're not sitting next to someone in the exam room who may develop symptoms of COVID-19 tomorrow and doesn't know that they're exposing people today. Uh, Masks are imperative and they're required in the office of course. So I want people to understand we're doing everything we can to keep you healthy. I think our office is one of the safest places in coming, at least, where you can go. And if you go to Milton, you're already sick anyway. So in the last week or 10 days, there have been some very encouraging news about these vaccine candidates. Uh, Pharmaceutical companies Pfizer and Moderna are using the same basic design to build their vaccines. It's a design that's never been used before. It's called mRNA. It stands for messenger RNA. RNA being like DNA, but where DNA is two strands of of nucleic acid, RNA is a single strand. And it uses this messenger RNA, which is wrapped in an oily bubble. The bubble fuses to a muscle cell and delivers its RNA and encoded in that RNA are the instructions for building a single coronavirus protein called the spike protein. And if you've seen these images of coronavirus, you know that it's got these spikes on it. And that's what gives it the name corona. Because when you look at it under an electron microscope, it looks like there's this, this corona or light or haze around it. And the spike protein is what causes that. The spike protein is what our bodies react to. And so they're introducing this RNA that causes your body to produce the spike protein all that's kind of bizarre sounding i know but when it produces the spike protein your immune system starts to make antibodies against it and learns how to make antibodies against it so that's your initial quote infection it's not really an infection but it provides your body with the things that it would if it were an infection and so your immune system kicks up and starts to do this so you get b cells and t cells involved and then if you're exposed to COVID-19 or to coronavirus and would develop COVID-19, then your body fights that off in a hurry and you end up not getting sick. And the numbers are very impressive in the early data. So scientists have investigated these mRNA vaccines for years. Like I said, they've never been able to use them before. People were skeptic about how well, how well they would work. And the two preliminary reports from both Moderna and Pfizer so just this type of vaccine can work very well. Neither trial has uncovered serious side effects in the vaccines, although safety is continuing to be studied and it will be studied over the next couple of years. These studies are not gonna stop when the vaccine comes out and you can start getting it. These studies will continue for at least two years. So the Moderna vaccine is uh, one that came out first with their, their data. And the the data, if, if you look at it, it looks like, well, that's not many people, but it's a significant number. And scientifically, it's an appropriate number to really get decent data from. So in the Moderna trial, out of the 95 people who got sick in the Moderna study, 11 experienced severe disease. None of these 11 were vaccinated. So preventing severe disease, it was 100%. And that's obviously very important. So it it was actually 94.5, I think, percent in preventing disease at all, but it was 100% effective in preventing serious disease. That's hospitalization and such. It it couldn't have been better, really. Uh, This indicates that Moderna's vaccine doesn't just block the virus in most cases, but also shields the people who do get sick from the worst outcomes of this disease. It also eases some concern that a vaccine for COVID-19 may make the disease worse and not better. Now that sounds kind of strange, but dengue fever is an example of a viral illness that they found that if you had the vaccine and then you were exposed to dengue fever, in some cases, you could have a worse uh, process of the disease than if you had not had the vaccine. They're not finding any of this at all with the mRNA vaccine. Moderna took a billion dollars from Operation Warp Speed. Now, the reason they do that is because there's a lot of risk involved in making these vaccines. If they get get a vaccine candidate that they think will work and then they find that it's not safe, they would have spent about that much money to get to the point of learning that it would not be safe or it would not work. And so Operation Warp Speed basically filled that bill for them and, and took that off their plate. The Pfizer vaccine, which is really a, a vaccine candidate that's being produced by both Pfizer and an English company called BioNTech, the Pfizer company didn't take any money at all from Operation WorkSpeed, but they do have a distribution agreement with the government so that if they come up with a vaccine, they'll have a way to get it to market and be one of the players in this vaccine process. So Pfizer said on, I think it was Wednesday, a week ago, that this vaccine was 95% effective and had no serious side effects. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second about side effects because I've already been seeing things on Facebook and other forms of social media and people sent me messages about hearing about side effects of the vaccine. And yes, there will be some side effects with the vaccine, I can promise. But just like the shingles vaccine and the pneumonia vaccine that we have, uh, the side effects are generally body aches, fatigue, low-grade fever. That's pretty much what you get. It's like with a lot of things. It's, it's going to have some side effects, but it's not side effects that are, are life-changing or life-altering or threatening even. And so far, the, the side effects have been very, very minimal and really pretty much exactly what you would expect from any kind of vaccine that you get like this. The data showed that the vaccine prevented, the Pfizer vaccine, prevented mild and severe forms of COVID-19. It was 94% effective in older adults, which is very important. They're much more vulnerable to developing severe COVID-19. And sometimes they don't respond well to some types of vaccines. So getting that kind of number in, in older people, me, John, Ray, that kind of people, is very encouraging. And Pfizer, like I mentioned, they developed this drug with, its partner BioNTech, and the companies are planning to apply for an EUA, like I mentioned, very soon. And actually, I think Pfizer already has, and Moderna is applying for theirs either today or tomorrow, today being November 30th, 2020, the year that will not end. So less than a year after researchers began working on a vaccine, they've got one that is a vaccine candidate that may very well be available in the not-too-distant future. And it is absolutely amazing to me that they've been able to do that. And, of course, if you, if you turn all of the vaccine machinery basically in the world toward one goal, this is the kind of thing that can happen. It's kind of like when they fixed I-85 down there in Atlanta. If they had that fire, by said it would take them forever, and they finished it in six months or less and got a big bonus and everything and because it was – It was what they wanted to get done. And if you want to get something done, these people have proven that you can. So there's also information out on the third vaccine. This is an interesting vaccine. It's made by AstraZeneca and also helped uh, with the help of University of Oxford in England. Uh, This vaccine's different. It's not an mRNA, mRNA vaccine. This one is a vaccine that uses an adenovirus backbone. It's an adenovirus that uh, frequently infects people, uh, but it also is an adenovirus that came from uh, chimpanzees. And so it's a chimpanzee adenovirus vaccine. It's called CHADOX. And it's been in studies already. Now, the interim data suggested that it was 70% effective, Uh, but there are some advantages to that vaccine. Uh, Researchers say that this figure could go up as high as 90%, If they go up on the dose a little bit, and they probably will and do some more studies. Um, But it's not anywhere close, of course, to the 95% of Moderna and Pfizer's. But the AstraZeneca vaccine is much cheaper. And it's going to be easier to store. It's going to be easier to get into every corner of the world than these other two ever would be. Uh, The Pfizer vaccine has to be stored for the longest term under conditions, right at minus 100 degrees. And that's not easy to maintain. Now, you can take it out and have it in a regular freezer for about the last 10 days, but as far as having it shipped and so forth and get to distribution points and being held there and so forth, it's got to be at minus 100 degrees. The Moderna vaccine can be stored at minus 4 degrees, which is just typical freezer temperatures. Those are centigrade celsius numbers not fahrenheit and so uh the astrazeneca vaccine if you think about trying to get this into the third world countries where they're going to significantly need it having one that can be stored more easily and is much cheaper is going to be huge and even at 70 percent that's a lot more immunity than they've got today and that's a, a road to herd immunity stills which is what we're after in this whole whole process So it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. If they can go up on the dose and then get close to 90 percent, there's going to be an awful lot of people getting an AstraZeneca vaccine. They've shown no problems with safety either. They've had no issues with uh, the vaccine in any significant way at all. They're just showing a little bit less protection. And like I said, they're hoping they can get there by changing the dose. So currently, there are three vaccine candidates that have already released information, uh, two have applied for an emergency use authorization from the FDA, and I believe they'll get it. And I think when they do, that within the next month, someone's going to start getting the vaccine for coronavirus. And I get asked very often what I'm going to do. Am I going to get it? And I tell you, I will get it. I will be the first one in line to get the vaccine. I prefer to have the mRNA vaccine, I believe. But uh, I'm going to get the first one that's available because I'm tired of this. And I hope that people will see it that way. I hope they will understand that the government's input into this has been monetary only. The government has no input into whether or not, and I'm talking about the White House, has no input into whether or not this thing is available, whether or not it is approved by the FDA. The FDA stands alone in that uh so i don't think you need to be worried about trump or biden or whoever it is you don't like having to say so and whether or not these vaccines are available i think they're going to be and i think it's the only way that we're going to get back to anything approaching where we were a year and a half ago so a vaccine's on the way it will be safe when it's released there will be much it's going to be much more effective than we first thought you know the fda said that if it was 51% effective, it could be approved. Well, you know what's 51% effective? A mask is 51% effective. So I'm all for 90%. I'm all about that. People need to have an open mind about this and realize that politicians didn't make these vaccines. They're not involved like you think they might be. It's not going to be a problem. When the time comes and you're offered the vaccine, take it. And John, that's vaccine candidates
1: for COVID nineteen. Preach on, preach on, brother. Um, a question though. To I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's good. I think that's what people tune in for. Um, question though is, uh, once the vaccines are available, the how folks are prioritized.
0: Well, we don't really know the details about that yet, but everything I'm seeing is elderly and then healthcare workers. And then, um, I think that's all I've seen really. So I don't don't know when I mentioned earlier, the 32 year old Joe normal might be able to get a vaccine. Mm. Um, the distribution plan has not been, uh, put out there for everybody to see yet. um, So we just, we really don't know a great deal about that. Uh, People at risk, you know, whoever those might be, I think you can look for uh, assisted living facilities and places like that to get them very early on, nursing homes to get them very early on. Um, Had an experience not long ago, local nursing home had 24 cases of COVID and at least one death. And I think that was half of the people in the facility. So it's, it's, It's terrible. And these people got to have it. And I think they'll get it probably before healthcare workers and elderly. I would think they probably would start with that. You look at the experience in New York back in the winter of this year, they'd have given anything for a vaccine. They had people dropping like flies. It was horrible. Absolutely Mm -hmm. horrible. So I think those places will get it first and then we'll see what happens after that.
1: And I think several months ago, and you know, this whole thing has been evolving and I think that's what people have trouble with is that yes, they do. information evolves and science evolves. And it's it, this wasn't decided somewhere back in some foreign country back in February. I mean, this is science and what we know about this evolves. But what, what um, I think is noteworthy is this vac- these, th- these vaccines are coming much, much, much faster than any other vaccine has been introduced previously, Absolutely. right? It's, and
0: It's amazing how much faster these are at. I mean, like I said, some vaccines, I think the shortest it's ever happened was six years, and I think that was measles. But uh, 10 years is not uncommon, and some we just can't do. And to have a vaccine now less than a year since this virus emerged into the human population is it's a, a feat that we've never seen before in science.
1: Yeah. And it's something to celebrate. I mean, as opposed to wonder wonder what kind of conspiracies behind it. Right. I mean, it's a
0: absolutely true. Absolutely true. I don't care what made it happen. This is something that people should be amazed by and celebrate, like you said, and, and be thankful that this vaccine is going to be available in this kind of time frame. I mean, mm-hmm. this, experience we've been having with the masks and the distancing and the plexiglass and all that, it could go on for a, for a generation. It could easily go on for a generation. Mm. And now I'm sure some of it will remain. I, I don't expect plexiglass to disappear in a heartbeat, but you know, hopefully we're going to be able to get back to being around people and going to dinner with friends without coming up sick two days later.
1: Right. And you, the side effects that you mentioned don't sound any more um, worse than like a flu vaccine, an influenza vaccine.
0: Well, the flu shot for most people is a non-event. Most people get a flu shot. They don't have any side effects at all. Mm -hmm. But the shingles vaccine does give people some body aches and low-grade fevers and fatigue. I tell everybody to get that on the Thursday or Friday if you're not busy on the weekend so you have some time to, to feel bad for a couple of days. You're not going to get sick. You're going to feel like you're going to get sick. And the pneumococcal vaccine, we've got two of those, and they both make you feel that way. And that's just your body generating good immunity. And some people get that from the flu vaccine, but not a great deal. But the, the side effects are nil. They are nothing compared to even a mild case of coronavirus. And, and, and as I said in a podcast a few times ago, you know, Dying from coronavirus is the worst thing that can happen to you, but it's not the most common bad thing that's happening to people. People are getting pulmonary fibrosis. If you end up in the hospital and you're on a ventilator, I'll promise you, and that's a word I do not use, I'll promise you you're going to end up with pulmonary fibrosis before this is all over. And that's just what it sounds like. It's your lungs being so stiff, you can't take a decent breath and you have to have help, have to have oxygen, have to have something like that. Not immediately, but sometime down the, right, down the line, you're going to have pulmonary fibrosis. People are having kidney failure, they're ending up with heart failure, all kind of cardiomyopathy problems in a weakened heart, that kind of thing. The, the blood clots to the lungs, the blood clots in arteries that cause amputations. These are huge numbers of people. And so getting this vaccine and having some body aches for a couple of days, sign me up. I can take Tylenol. And so can
1: you. Absolutely. Absolutely. you So, uh, one quick question, uh, to wrap it up uh, from a listener here who asked, are you going to take requests when you, when you do your guitar recital? <laughs> I'm <gonna> shoot you.
0: <laughs> I haven't played guitar much in the last tw- 20 years. I'm not going to play on a podcast.
1: <laughs> I got y'all choked up there. <laughs>
0: But I will, I will take requests, but I will not play them.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, folks, uh, uh, right in, let's uh let's get some momentum going here. No
0: amount of pressure that can be applied. Well, I well, can think of but one person that can apply that kind of pressure and I'll, she's listening, but she's not down here with me.
1: I'll talk to her later. <laughs> you do that. Okay. Okay, pal. This is, this has been great, great show.
0: I love doing this. I appreciate all my listeners. Thank you so much. Tell your friends about this, and maybe even more people will start listening. And uh, for now, that is to your help.